G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. The panel. Very pleased to say our panel this morning consists of Ollie Ritchie and Ross Carl. I've been veterans of the panel and we've got some pretty enticing subjects to talk about this morning. Ross Carl, can I start, uh, start with you, please? Brendan McCullum, deserting the ship, is he or not? Please let us know. Well, I, I think that it sounds like a good idea for him. From what I've read, it sounds like it's a done deal. I mean, you know as well as anyone, Smithy, you talk to him, he's a deep thinker, he's an innovator, he's a great communicator, he's a good analyst. Um, that's a great get for England. It's a great get for England. It's a, I think it's a great get for Brendan McCullum as well. Now, I've I got to be honest with you, I, I know him pretty well. Uh, this is a, a fairly recent thing. I think he was just anticipating finishing up with KKR, coming back and doing some radio. Uh, Ross, that's not going to be <laughs> going to be happening for a while now. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's a long-term gig to get a test side going the way that you want it to be. You really want three, four, five years in a row, wouldn't you? You don't want to be in and out. Um, you want to stamp your mark, get your players developed. There, there's a lot that will go on there with that side, and especially with the way that England separate their coaches out. You know, you, you really want to to make a solid stamp in your particular area and because um, you're really showing up for the thing that you specialise in. So uh, it's going to be great for Brendan, but it is definitely a long-term thing. And as you know, the English press are as ruthless as anyone. So you want to be good at your job when you're doing it there. Yeah, I'm not sure he's going to get instant success. We hope not because it's against us, Ollie Ritchie. What have you made of Brendan's decision here? No, it's not officially... Uh, you know, drawn up as such, but uh, we're told it's a done deal. Will be announced later today. What What are you hearing, and, and what's your reaction to it? Yeah, well, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Um, he's an aspiring coach, and you know, this is a, a plum gig uh, for Brendan McCullum. What an opportunity to to lead England's Test side, who are uh, at all sorts. What is it? One win out of their last seventeen Test matches. I mean, he's got a heck of a challenge on his hands, that's for sure. Um, trying to to rebuild that side, but I think. Uh, you know, he'd enjoy working with a guy like like Ben Stokes, a, a fresh captain uh, in there, an aggressive player, much like Brendan was uh, in his time. So you can certainly understand the appeal and the attraction um, from Brendan McCullum's perspective. But, you know, I've got to say, as a New Zealand cricket fan, Smithy, it's, it's going to be tough to see what one of our all-time greats, um, you know, wearing the England kit and, you know, trying to plot the Black Caps downfall. I think that'll, that'll take some getting used to for a lot of Kiwi cricket fans. I haven't spoken to Brendan personally. I, I, I will be later this afternoon. Uh, but I, I just wonder, uh, Ollie, too, whether there's an opportunity here for, you know, we know what, how dynamic he's been. He reinvented the way 50-over cricket uh, to be played, and, and England adopted it and turned around and beat us. Uh, I, I just wonder whether he might be enticed to be part of the white ball program as well. Yeah, well, I, I was surprised to, to see his name linked with the test program as opposed to the white ball program 
um, you know, very good mates with Owen Morgan, the England uh, white ball skipper. So um, I, I thought that that would be a great fit for a guy like Brendan McCullum to, to move into that role and bring everything um, that he's done in, in the shorter form of the game and all the success that he's had and, and the innovation that he brought to it um, and instill some of that in, in England's white ball side. Um, you know, that would have been a great addition, but it, it sounds as though um, he was more keen on, on trying to lead the test side and, and turn the test side around. Um, you know, and he, he, he did a lot in, in Red Bull cricket for uh, New Zealand as well, um, as you well know, Smitty. So, um, you know, I, I certainly thought that uh, he would be leading their their side in the shorter form of the game. But, you know, what a challenge it is for, for Brendan to take on to try and turn around their test team as well. Yeah, it's a real challenge. Uh, probably not as great a challenge, I would think, at the moment, as that Nathan Brown has got to turn the Warriors around, Ross Carl. Boy, has there been some reaction to that performance last weekend, and generally speaking, there is whatever they do. But uh, a lot of vitriol coming through to this station, a lot of frustration to this station as well. What he said has come out and said, which sounds pretty obvious to me anyway, they're spending too much time defending, and that's why they're losing. Well, well I mean, okay, I, Ross, I what do you mean? That's probably simplifying it from my point of view. Yes, they are spending a lot of time defending. They're last in the possession stakes. They're 10th in the completion stakes. They're the second most missed tackles, um, fourth most ineffective tackles. So it's not just they're spending time defending. They're spending time defending badly. Um, And when you add that to their attack, they're dead last in tackle breaks. They're 13th in line breaks, dead last in post-contact metres. When they do have the ball, they're ineffective too. So to, to just talk about possession is probably definitely talking it down. They're struggling across the board, Smitty. Yeah, they are struggling across the board. Um, Ollie, it's uh, the team we love to love, but we we tend to hate more than we get the chance to love them. Uh, but quite, to me, that's quite a, a weird sort of a statement to say we're spending too much defending. Well, you're spending too much time defending because you're not, you know, you're not attacking as much because you're not creating as much, surely. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Smithy, and kudos to Ross Carl for those stats there. That's a man who's come to the panel prepared. I am very impressed um, and not surprised at all with the work ethic I know Ross Carl has. Um, but you're absolutely right, Smithy. Um, this Warriors team is at all sorts. But they don't look like uh, they don't look like scoring when they when they have the ball in hand. Um, you know, and, and spending a lot of time defending is, a, is must be surely a direct result. Um, of what they're able to do with the ball in hand because they can't conjure anything up. So they kick it back to the opposition who can make it work, who can get tries, who can, um, you know, get those post-contact metres. Um, and we're, we're just being made to look amateurish uh, at the moment. You know, we, we thought the return of Sean Johnson was going to be the great saviour uh, of the Warriors. Well, you know, he showed up about once this season with a couple of field goals um, to win it in, in Golden Point. Um, you know, where's he? Where's Sean Johnson leading the side and, you know, trying to drum up at something with the ball in hand to get the Warriors going? He's just gone missing and he's been, you know, showed up uh, by his opposition on countless occasions. Yeah, it's almost a subject for a crime watch program, isn't it? Where's Sean Johnson? I just thought of that. Oh, yeah. uh, anyway, just, just mo- moving along on a better note uh, and a cricketing one as well. Ross, uh, I see Ajaz Patel shirt went for in the end twenty seven thousand three hundred and fifty bucks for Starship. What a great gesture! That is great news, and and to give the the man to give it away, you know, such a special piece of premium brilliant for him on such a special day. Um, that that's great for Starship, and it's a a great thing that players are thinking like that and giving back to society. Yeah, personal too. Uh, he's had uh, a child in Starship and well, and that's obviously what triggered it for him and his wife to, to put that forward. 
Uh, yeah, wonderful. 27,350 was the final bid for his uh, shirt, the 10 wicket shirt uh, that he achieved in Test cricket, of course. Hey, it's 10.30, fellas. If you stay with us uh, just a little bit longer, uh, we've got some rugby to talk about after the news here with Araha. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Ross Carl with us this morning, as is Ollie Ritchie. And Ollie, let's turn our attention to the national game rugby, of course, uh, even though Michael Hooper seems to be quite excited by the form of the Australian sides leading into the international season. Is he being a bit premature or is he justified? Um, I think he's justified on one team. I mean, the Brumbies have been outstanding this year. They, they fully deserve to be um, you know, in that top two position on the ladder. Um, you know, they've beaten every New Zealand side they've played. If you, you know, rewind a year when the, the Aussie teams couldn't buy a win over the, um, over the Kiwi sides in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman this year, um, it's a lot different. The, the, the Brumbies have been brilliant. But as for the rest of them, I would say he's absolutely dreaming. I mean, the Reds have had every possible opportunity to, to get wins over the New Zealand sides and haven't been able to. You know, you're losing to the Highlanders by far. Uh, the worst Kiwi side. Um, you know, the Waratahs, yes, they picked up the Crusaders, but you get the feeling that was a, a bit of a one-off, um, you know, a, a great Waratahs performance mixed with a bit of an average Crusaders performance. Um, but, you know, I, I think for, for the most part, they're, they're trending upwards, and that's largely thanks to the Brumbies, who have been very good, and that Brumbies-Crusaders match this weekend will be uh, a terrific watch. Um, but certainly um, I can't see this turning into uh, a Wallabies revival and, and suddenly they're winning the Bledisloe Cup on Eden Park. Mm. No, I, you know, that will be the acid test, won't it? Uh, once again, when they turn up, uh, how many hapless, hapless coaches have turned up and how many times has Michael Hooper turned up to do losing interviews? That's interesting as well. But um, I think there is a little bit of justification there. Um, uh, I, I would imagine that um, Dave Rennie's pretty excited too. Uh, Ross, about particularly getting a squad together on the basis of 15 of the Brumbies are uh, in, in and amongst it as well. Well, exactly. And I think if you look at Ollie's Crusaders over the years and when the All Blacks been stacked with them, that you'll you'll see that they've been pretty successful. So all you really need is one really strong team with good cohesion. They understand each other inside and out, complement them with players from other squads. There's some players coming through. The Waratahs set up on the up. There's some good players in the Reds set up. You know, there's some fantastic players who star amongst a, a bad bunch in the Rebels. I think that he's got a really good chance with a really good team. And this Brumbies side know how to set piece. They know how to attack off set piece. They know how to maul. But they also know how to get it out into the midfield channels and attack them there from set piece. So they've got a lot of options. And that will provide Dave Rennie with a great basis for his team. And, you know, when we see the Brumbies possibly upset the Crusaders this weekend, um, people will then be thinking, oh, no, this, this is a, a real thing. Because when you look at this Brumbies side and how they're going, and you look at what they've done away from home, you think about what's at stake this weekend. If they win this game, then the Crusaders will probably have to go back there for a semi-final and do it again. They're going to be up to this game because this game could be their chance at making the final. It might all rest on this game. And so I think there's a really good chance of being on one. Ross, I, I wasn't able to watch it, but I was at a function. I saw over someone's shoulder that uh, you had James Parsons on your uh, regular show as with Bryn Hall, as always it's the case. looked like Bryn Hall was doing it from an airport somewhere. But what, <laughs> what is the feeling within the Crusaders about this after that win last weekend? 
I think they're pretty positive. Um, they've got a very strong team lineup. Bit surprised by Leicester Fine and Luka not being in that side, but they know that they got a bit of a rev up after that loss to the Waratahs. Um, they had to have a good look at themselves and their tactics, um, the way that they worked their kicking game, um, and they had to make sure that they were executing um, in the moments that they needed to, which is kind of straight off a little bit. And they showed that they could do that on the weekend against the Force. They've obviously got strike players. Um, I think that they're very confident, especially with the likes of Scott Barrett back and, you know, getting some regular time um, at first five. Um, so, you know, uh, for... Um, Oh, goodness me. I've just had an absolute brain fart. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, yeah, so, so they're, they're, I think they're pretty happy. They're pretty happy, um, and I think they're pretty confident, but they know that this Brumbies team is super hot, and that's what Brent had to say. Look, this is no pushover. This isn't a walk over there to get this win. We're going to have to really earn this thing. Yeah, Cody Taylor comes back as well, or Lisa, uh, with Scott Barrett uh, coming back, hopefully on his best behaviour. Um, and all of a sudden, that's a lot of experience to throw back into a pack for a big occasion. And Brumby's Crusaders games, particularly in Canberra over the years, have also pretty much set, set the tone for the competition. There have been some great battles. Yeah, some absolute crackers. Um, you think back to, to 2004, um, you know, a great final that was, although it didn't go um, the Crusaders' way, which was pretty tough growing up in Christchurch, Smithy, I must say. Um, but you're right, this has been a, a, a great rivalry o- over the years, dating back to, you know, particularly the early days of, of Super Rugby. Um, you're right, Cody Taylor back into that side, Scott Barrett back into that side. This is a stacked Crusaders team. Um, I completely agree with Ross. I'm very surprised Lester Fanganuku was, was left out of that starting lineup because I think he's been one of the Crusaders' best this year. Such a threat with ball in hand, so powerful. Uh, gets you over that advantage line. So I'm a little surprised to see him on the bench, but he'll provide some great impact. And importantly, Noah Lolasio for the Brumbies, who's um, been steering that ship very well. He's out uh, this weekend, so that's a massive loss for the mm. Brumbies um, and, and an area that uh, the Crusaders will, will certainly be looking to exploit. Richard Moanga obviously slotting in there at 10. So um, it's a, a stacked Crusaders team. Um, you know, a Crusaders team that got given a rev up after the Waratahs lost, came out, pumped the force, uh, in Perth, but this is the litmus test. Can they do it in Canberra? Can they do it against the Red Hot Brumbies? Uh, I, I think they can. Uh, they'll need a bonus point if they want to go straight past them into second place, but they'll know that a, a home semi-final essentially rides on this performance. The other thing about that Brumby side is uh, Valentini's out as well, and boy, oh God, was mm-hmm. he good last weekend in that loose forward trio. So he's out with a hamstring problem, and that may affect the Brumbies going forward. Uh, a bit of uh, catch-up to do there in that area. Uh, but the other thing, Ollie, of course, uh, the other high-flying side, of course, uh, in the top bracket is the Blues, who get a bit more of an acid test than they did last week against uh, Brad Thorne's Reds this weekend. Yeah, uh, much more of an acid test. Uh, they won't certainly won't enjoy the uh, free-flowing tri-fest that they did against the Rebels. But, you know, I've been pretty disappointed with the Reds this year. You know, that first half against the Hurricanes and, and the Magic Round or the Super Round in, in Melbourne, I thought, yeah, the Reds are the real deal here. They're here to play. Um, you know, they obviously blew that 17-point lead. They haven't been able to conjure up a win against the Kiwi side since. Um, you know, coming to Eden Park to try and do it against the Red Hot Blues is going to be a massive test for them, a massive ask. I don't think they'll be able to do it, but you're right, Smitty. This is um, a, a real test for the Blues, uh, essentially, um, sorry, especially before they travel over to Canberra to face the Brumbies next week. So two big games uh, coming up for the Blues. I think they'll be OK against the Reds. Uh, at home, but it's not the kind of game they can afford to slip up on, knowing they have to go to Canberra to face the Brumbies next week. 
Uh, Ross Carley could be a bit of a windfall in the in the coffers for New Zealand rugby in particular. Very shortly, of course, the Silver Lake deal uh, June the second is the vote day. Um, so we we wait with bated breath for that and the 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 ongoing results from that particular vote. Also, of course, this mooted competition towards the end of the year, which uh, will involve the All Blacks in a Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere duel, um, the way it looks. And, of course, television rights will mean that'll be a windfall as well. So uh, more drain on the players as such, I would think. Um, how, how do you see this uh, eventuating, and or do you see this eventuating? It has to happen in some form at some stage, doesn't it? Because people want to see more of those games between the Northern and Southern Hemisphere teams, especially with the way that the Northern unions have become so strong and South African clubs being based up there and probably seeing less of the Springboks. I think we really need that for global rugby to have that, but then also have stepping stones for those Tier 2 nations to get into those flashes. Um, So I I think that it's, it's vital. We've got to find new revenue streams, but... You know, Joe Marler also referenced the fact that we need to find people who are willing to come. So we can't just think about television revenue streams. We've got to think about making this game a little sexier, um, both in the Northern and Southern Hemisphere. And maybe this is one way people like a new competition. People um, like a new concept and they'll get on board at least for a period of time. It might not be a long-term fix for all of rugby's issues that it needs to overcome, but at least in the short term, it'll provide plenty of interest. Uh, Ollie Ritchie, the Silver Lake vote too on uh, June the 2nd. Are you hearing uh, any whispers about this? Uh, it's quite crucial in terms of the financing of New Zealand rugby going forward, uh, uh, and there may well be a stumbling block. We haven't heard too much for a while. Yeah, it's certainly um, it's been roadblock after roadblock for, for Silver Lake, and I think um, you know the, the sooner this deal can can happen or, or not happen, the better. I think it will get over the line. At the end of the day, uh, this game needs money. The provincial unions they need money as well. Um, so they, they um, you know, they went back to New Zealand rugby with what you know they thought were, were fair and reasonable uh, changes to the to the current deal. But there's been so many changes to this deal, um, you know, since it was first tabled. Um, but at the end of the day, as I say, some of the, the the game needs money. The unions need money. Um, they need this injection of cash. So you know, I think they will find a way um, to come to terms and to get the deal over the line because the game badly needs it. Okay, Ollie Ritchie has been with us this morning. So is Ross Carl. Thank you very much, gentlemen, with your thoughts on a a wide range of uh, subjects uh, there. We'll have another panel same time tomorrow morning with a couple of new panellists. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.